so they're getting ready to film their next music video, and they're looking for an actor that looks like Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, you came in really hot there, and I think <laughs> that's I'm how really... I always come in. No, no, I don't think so. They want an actor that looks like Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't know. That's yeah. weird. Okay, what now? What for that? Video? Folk Hogan, yeah, they're getting ready to film their next music video, and that's what they're looking for. The like a couple are, weeks ago. What's wrong with those guys? Uh, I thought we taught them better than that. They're amazing. They're pretty cool. We should have started out with this is Barbara Walters and this is 2020. No. Barbara Walters. Technically, we already brought in the new year, so. That's true. Yeah. Old news. (laughs) 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 This is the new Utah podcast. I'll tell you what's not old news is. uh, Your mom. No, she's she's old news. (laughs) Definitely old news. uh, Is our current state of affairs in this country and in the Middle East. Um, it's happening. We don't we don't talk about national politics a whole lot on this show uh, because because we're inundated with everywhere else. Well, because we're a show about Utah and and we like to focus on Utah and we like to spend our time talking about uh, Utah's progressive culture and some of the new things that are that are really great about Utah, some of the old things that are really great about Utah, some of the things we don't like. Um, but not so much national news because you can get that just about anywhere. <clears throat> Sorry, it's even getting a little cold for me now. <laughs> Temperature is <laughs> dropping outside and breeze like all bundled up. My, um, my nose is readied. But it is, uh, Jess told me as she came in a little bit earlier this evening uh, that we've had uh, two uh, installations in Iraq where our troops are stationed have been attacked, officially attacked by... Ballistic, uh, 12 ballistic missiles. Ballistic missiles, yeah, uh, from Iran. So the conflict is is, uh, escalating, Um, and uh, we'll see where things go. Um, Yeah, who knows? Uh, that's an interesting thing. Um, to all of the young people that probably don't listen to this show, <laughs> which are all of are, the young people. I mean, like I've been. Sa- I, here's the problem. <laughs> I watch a lot of TikTok, <laughs> <laughs> so I see a lot of younger people's uh, thoughts and views, and I see them uh, creating you know short videos about going to war and World War Three, and like how their grandkids will feel about World War Three, and um, some of the girls like, well, we don't want equal rights anymore. We want to go back to cleaning the house so we don't have to get drafted into the <laughs> war. And I'm like, y- you guys are all idiots. <laughs> That's not how it works anymore. Um, it's not World War Three will not be fought like World War One in the trenches and World War Two on front lines. Uh, it'll be fought with the use of drones, some ground troops because you have to have some ground troops. But it's not like anything that we fought before. It will be missiles launched remotely, as we saw today. Uh, and uh, that'll be it. And it'll be fought uh, over the Internet uh, with cyber attacks. Um, that's that's how the next big war is going to be fought. And uh, I really hope that uh, this uh, action by Trump to strike this general down... Um, doesn't lead to a war because a lot of times presidents uh, tend to jump in war right before re-election time. And if you're getting impeached. Or impeachment. Well, yeah. Trevor Noah has been playing this uh, thing where Donald Trump says that Barack Obama is going to start an a, war, a war with Iran to... Um, Keep the presidency. Right. And that that's stupid and cowardly and, and dumb. 
And yeah, here we and are in he the most it. aggressive of actions between the U.S. and Iran since the 70s, really. Make no mistake, that number 52 is significant, that he, that you keep hearing Trump say we have 52 sites we're going to target. That's how many hostages were were taken during the uh, embassy hostage crisis in the 70s with Iran. Uh, and... Consequently, markets and oil prices are uh, starting to spike. So I would recommend getting gas in your car as early in the week as possible. I just I just up got today. some <laughs> because those prices are going. I really only go had nine miles days. left to go though, so I didn't just fill up because there might be a war. I just filled up because I couldn't drive any further. Huh. My car told me I needed to have yeah, mine, fuel. mine pretty much did too. So. I honestly, I'm at a point now because my car gets pretty good gas mileage, and I don't. I, I still commute, but I don't commute like even as far as Bree for work. Um, I would not put gas in my car if the light didn't tell me to put gas in my car at this point. <laughs> I used to be like meticulous, like put gas in your car. Like if it gets to a quarter tank, go fill it up. Always have a full tank of gas. Now driving around the valley, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I can make it. I can push it another 20 miles. <laughs> My car tells me how many miles I have left, so I my do mom my, gets so mad at me because I do that. I do my I do my map, and it says you know you have to drive twelve miles, and I've got twenty three miles of gas. When I when it's an I, abundance. When I when I travel though, that's a different that's a different story because I grew up in Wyoming, and 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 traveling in Wyoming, I mean it's three hours between towns and gas stations, and you fill up every time you can because you might get stuck. Uh, on a road for six hours while the highways closed because semis jackknifed in the winter. And uh, you need a full tank of gas when that happens. So uh, I I travel a little different than I drive around the valley. So Plus, if I, you know, my car runs out of gas in the valley, I'll just call AAA and, <laughs> and do the hang out there of shame of <laughs> I ran out of gas while AAA brings me some gas because I will do it. I don't care. I have no pride. <laughs> That's why we pay for AAA. I ran out of gas pulling into a gas station before. I have run out of gas um, when I was when I was a poor college student. I ran out of gas at the top of um, uh, of two fifteen on the east side, uh, close to between basically forty fifth and that exit for thirty third and thirty ninth up there. So past Knutson's Corner, but not all the way up the hill to where the exit is. And I had to fucking get out and walk. All the way there. So I get there. I get gas from the gas station. I walk back. I put gas in the car. And I drive it. And then my tire fucking goes flat. And so I pull it in to the Dan's there. Because I was going to get gas. So I pull it into the Dan's. My tire's flat. I'm like, fuck. I got to work. I go to work. I don't have money to deal with the tire or get it towed. And so I leave it there for a couple days. I come back and it got fucking towed out of the lot (laughs) because there's no overnight parking in that lot. And they fucking towed my car. You didn't even leave like a note on that was like. It was a car with a flat tire in the lot overnight. Like. And that I, dance is gone, again, sadly. This was, no, it's not. It's still there. It's not a dance anymore. The what? building is still there. When did it change from dance? Just recently. A couple months ago. Yeah, I was, yeah, was going to say, it was dance not that long ago. I was up that way for a meeting not too long ago, and I noticed, uh, you get off at the dance. I get off, there's no dance. Now oh. it's just an associated food store. Oh. But. That's disappointing. Yeah, that's sad. I've only ran out of gas twice. Yeah. But it makes my mom so mad when I try so, to put the gas light on. She's like, "Please, just let me put money in your car." I'm like, so I, "I got this. I know how far I can go." So I was when I was I was 16, had to have been just turned 16. I was a delivery driver for my dad's company, 
and I had the company truck. I, I was out on the freeway on I-15. I ran out of gas on the freeway, and this was way back in the day. So I had to get out of the truck. I had to walk down to the exit, find a payphone, call the shop, walk back up to the truck on the freeway, and sit and wait. And when the shop manager comes to 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 help me out, he's got a gas can. He pulls up, and the first thing he says is, did you switch to the second gas tank? And I'm like... Uh, what the second tank. gas tank flip this this oh, truck has two gas man. tanks he gets back in his truck drives away i'm like uh, he's like peace out that sucks <laughs> <laughs> but you learned i learned so while uh, you were gone we heard the sirens they're just up the street at i think at the landscapers or the police no i heard the sirens in the bathroom too but i figured they're no they're like on our street up there there's an ambulance at the top top. on our side yeah what was weird because the um ring did you just fucking run up i did like you ran up to the top of the street well i ran out to the street and as far i had to go around the pine tree so i could see it then I ran back in because it was cold. You're worse than all the fucking people on the I lane. wanted to see if it was up there or not. <laughs> well, it was weird because the ring went off and I was showing Jeremy like you could see all the lights flashing. this weird flashing because it's being reflected in the windows of the house at the bottom of the street. Okay. Fucking nosy neighbor. <laughs> Usually they're down here at the end because that little kid's having a problem. Yeah, so it's nice to have them at the opposite end of the street. Domestic dispute. We live in uh, we live in gangland, folks. Well, the, they were like, "Oh, something's going down." I'm like, "Yeah, it's just another night in Kearns." Yeah, it's really not. <laughs> it's really not. It's not a fire truck that was stolen. So no, it's just a regular fire truck. But it looks like the ambulance is there too. So yeah, that's not good. They got a lot of kids up in that place. I think there's like four families that live there. Well, isn't the one that's right next to him the cop's house, or is it the one? No, the one right next door is the cop. Yeah. Yeah, so I can't tell because the fire truck's in front of that one, but the ambulance is in front of the other one, so I think it's probably Well, the hopefully it's not the cop that got, hopefully he didn't get a shot or something. I don't think so. He's he's a he's a cop that rolls around in an undercover car with a cage, so I think he's a detective. Um, every once in a while, I'll see him, like, toss his, his fucking belt with his gun into the trunk of his car. I'm like, dude, you don't fucking just throw that. Like, he just kind of, like, tosses it. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I mean, I know a gun is not designed to go off like that, but like, come on, really? You just like fucking throw your shit at it? I mean, that's probably what I would do, so I can't complain too much. Um, so I, I, uh, I wanted to talk about, um, that's about all we're going to talk about national news, by the way. Um, it's happening. Be aware. Uh, Whatever. Make your own decisions. Uh, but I wanted to talk about something more important than that, and that is uh, I tried that BFF Turon place yesterday. So uh, oh, remember it, we did good? last week the, the Salt Lake uh, Tribune um, food guys went out and tried all these different places throughout the year. And that was a, a good lunch special. The, yeah, it was the Filipino truck, right? Yeah, it's not a truck. It, they have a brick and mortar, and it's kind of oh, like okay. a. Uh, apparently, it's set up kind of like a cafeteria style, almost like uh, like That's what it was. Panda Express. Yeah. Uh, and it's this lunch special, and um, the dish they said to try was the bickle, uh, the bickle express. Oh, that's right. And it is. Um, How so, is the salty shrimp paste? So, so anyway, so we got, so I, I, Scotty's like, yeah, we should try that. I'm like, well, let's do it. Let's do lunch today. And he's like, okay. And so I'm, I'm like 1130s rolling around. I'm like, okay, I'm getting hungry. I should ask Scott if he wants to go, uh, go get lunch. Uh, and he, and like, right as I'm doing that, he comes over and he's like, here you go. I'm like, what's this? He's like, I went to BFF and I got, 
I got Bickle. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. So I brought you some Bickle. And I'm like, okay. So it's like, um, first off, it's pink. <laughs> so there's a, he also said he tried this like, like blood pork stuff that they had and he thought it was really good. Um, but I, I will give my review of, of Bickle from BFF Turon. Um, the Bickle is pretty good. Um, so the sauce is really good. It's like a coconut milk, uh, with like a shrimp paste and some peppers. Uh, and so it's, it's a really good flavor. It's, it's very similar to a curry. It is pink. And I think it's pink mostly from the peppers, uh, the, the chilies that they use in it. Um, why are you shaking your head no? Because you keep playing with the, your pen and if I can hear you clicking it, everybody can. <laughs> it's making um, me crazy. So anyway, the sauce is pink, and then it's full of pork, um, and that is where I have a problem. So I, I think it would be good over rice. I just had it as a stew, which is what it is. Uh, it would be great over rice, because um, I just got that. I didn't get the full lunch special. Um, but uh, the pork in it, um, and I th- don't know if this is just like a Filipino thing, but like when I have like a uh, pulled pork i pull the big chunks of fat out of pulled pork when i have a pork chop i don't eat the giant chunks of fat that are on the edge of a pork chop this was all the giant chunks of fat and the regular pieces of pork and so there were times when you would and you can't tell what's what easily because it's all pink because it's like in a it's like a curry almost in in the, the way the sauce is is held together and so you would take a bite and you oh good pork, and then just a mouthful of fat the next bite so if you can eat around the fat which is hard to tell sometimes um mostly you'd have to check texture with like your spoon uh it was really quite tasty um but the the pork picking around the pork was not a pleasurable experience in a sense so i don't know how to rate it um it was certainly good it was a very different flavor than i've ever had and i really enjoyed it um and then scott told me that uh the noodles that they have, um, which looked amazing, he's like, yeah, they were just bland. They mm. weren't really huh. all that much flavor. It's like, cause they looked really good. But anyway, um, pretty good, but I, I, the, the meat thing's gonna be a tough thing. Mm. But, I'm gonna go to, uh, uh, is it Sagal Bakery? The Sagato. New- Sagato. I'm gonna go to Sagato. Um, Sagato's rad. This week, I think, so. Make sure to get one of the cakes. I'm going for the meat pies. You can get both if they have them, if they're not <laughs> sold <both>. out. <laughs> so I'll try and go a little bit earlier in the day. Um, but anyway, so I thought I would share that because uh, people like to hear about what I eat, I think. so. <laughs> I think so. So, and also, Jeremy, you sent me a picture. Oh, uh, yeah. A sad picture this weekend. Poor Abo. So with with his aging condition. And his nearness to the ground. And his, his nearness to the ground. <laughs> so... To, to preface, the heart meds seem to be doing great. The cost's completely gone. So as far as that part goes, he seems to be doing better. However, he's not doing the stairs well at all. So over the last week, I finally put in a ramp Aww. on the on the deck. Uh, inside the house, it's hit and miss. Sometimes he'll go up our three stairs. That's it. I mean, he doesn't go all the way upstairs or into the basement anymore. That's just that that ship has sailed for him. But We'll pick him up and carry him up the two or three stairs to go from one level to the other. But as far as outside goes, and what tipped us off was, I don't know, it was about midweek last week. I don't remember what day. He'd been out there for a while, and I could hear him barking, which is nothing out of the ordinary. 
but it was kind of cold and kind of snowy, and it had, it had been kind of a while, and I'm like, what's going on? I go outside, he's standing at the bottom of the stairs of the deck, just barking like to, the kind of bark he does to come in. So I picked him up and brought him in, and that was when I was like, okay, it's time. It's time so, to put a ramp in So place. I put in just kind of a makeshift ramp. I just have some old... Just uh, a piece of plywood. Yeah, I have some old 4 by 8 sheets of plywood that are in strips that I kind of fashioned so that it's got a long enough run that he can actually get up it. So, yeah, the poor old the poor old guy's kind of going downhill. His, his quarter-inch ground clearance is... Uh, <laughs> yeah. He can't make those those leaps anymore. No, I'm... Lifting 30 pounds with only a quarter inch and, like, basically no knees, that's got to be not challenging. <laughs> it's no really knees. tough. Yeah. And I'm, I'm assuming it's partially the weather, but his age yeah. is, I mean, it's he's just getting old. That's all there is to yeah, it. Yeah, he's an old, old man. Poor old guy. Uh, who put the note on here about the presidential primary letter? I did. Did you not get one? No, I did. So there are 660-something thousand unaffiliated Utah voters, yeah, which I, is why this letter went out. But this is my concern. I changed my affiliation last spring. And so I'm wondering where that information went that I did not get changed. Well, like, what did you do? To I didn't it? get one of those. And they I had, they had voter, voter registration people going around. And I said, can I change my affiliation here? And she said, you sure can. So I filled out the information. That's and interesting. here I am getting this. Um, well, maybe you should talk to your shitty county clerk because my county clerk fucking fixes stuff. Yeah, Sherry Swanson's the bomb. Well, um, but Utah County, their their clerk, apparently. their clerk's a bitch. So March third is uh, Super Tuesday. Um, we're having a caucus in Utah. Yeah, this doesn't happen very often, in my understanding. So l- let me tell let me tell you how things work. Your vote in the in the caucus system, um, the primary ballots. So if you want to vote in the Republican primary, you have to register as a Republican. This is particular. This has nothing to do with the governor. This is very specifically the president. Just so you know. Yeah, for the presidential primary, and actually, it yes. also means in any primary. You have to be registered Republican in the state of Utah to vote in the Republican primary. If you are a Democrat or an independent and you would like to vote in the Democratic primary, you can. You just have to declare that you want to. Yeah. Right. And, and that's so, because yes. I got it and I felt so my. So the so the three me. options are the three options are Democratic presidential primary ballot, um, a Republican presidential primary ballot, or I do not want a presidential primary ballot. So my aunt called the county office because she's new to the whole. We had this discussion the last one. She's new to all this voting stuff, and she didn't apparently believe me. So, um, you can change your affiliation after you do this for the June primary in Utah. So, if you want to vote Democrat on this, you can. And then you can change over to Republican to do the primary vote in June, at the end of June. So, so worth noting, um, this is what is a struggle for me because I don't really want to ever register as a Republican. But in the state of Utah, a vast majority of the things that I would vote on in the primary, for instance, the gubernatorial race, Mm -hmm. there's not a strong Democratic candidate that's going to be able to beat one of these Republicans. But I sure would like to throw my hat in for Spencer Cox right now. For Um, sure. But I can't do that because I'm a registered Democrat. 
Um, so something which is ex- why I was switching mine, which apparently didn't get switched over. So once that's done, then I will go back to being unaffiliated. So something to consider. Also something to keep in mind. Um, your vote on these ballots for the primary isn't really a vote, just so you know. Uh, the caucus system is who determines who our uh, electoral votes go towards. Um, for the primary, I don't. But I don't think Utah usually gets these votes for prime for president is what I'm is what I understand. It's a new it's a new process. Yeah. Uh, it was not that way in the last general election. But keep in mind, we work on a caucus system in the state. So what that means is if you really want to have an impact in your, say, a Democrat on who the Democrats nominate out of the state of Utah uh, for the primary, you need to be involved in the actual caucus system. It's free of charge. You just go down when your caucus has started. You can even be a uh, like a caucus elect person. I don't know what they're called, um, but basically every small district, like our district, um, does our house district has a caucus member, uh, and that caucus member then votes in the general caucus later um, to decide who our electoral votes go to, essentially, um, and and that is how uh, that's decided in the state of Utah. The ballots are really just kind of a feel-good thing. They kind of help tell the caucus members who the public wants to vote for, but they don't actually create the votes. If it helps, that's all that matters. Anyways, I so, just thought that was interesting. I wasn't more. Con- I wasn't as concerned about like the ballots as why my registration has not been changed. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would be concerned about that too if you you asked to change your affiliation and put your information in and it didn't get changed. I'll go check it out. Your county clerk sucks. That's my No, I did it in Salt Lake. She said I could do it Uh, there. Well, that probably didn't make its way to the Utah County Clerk where it needs to be for you to do that. F that. (laughs) Well, maybe you should have fucking done it in Utah County instead of doing everything in Salt Lake when you don't live here. (laughs) I asked if I could. Speaking of civic duty, uh, I'm on the jury duty list for next week. Awesome. So I I might be. You know... I might I've, be doing jury I've duty. I've managed to never serve jury duty. Me too. I've always wanted to. I think I did the last time I got pulled. But, I think that'd be interesting. But it's like it's the most pain in the ass thing ever because you just have to fucking call in every night. Yep. So I start Friday, I start my call in and then it's through I think most of next week. Is my call in. Yeah. So And you don't even have a good excuse because you work for yourself. I so nothing. it's hard for you to get out of that shit. But actually Well maybe it's not. It, like he doesn't make any money if he can't work. If he like he doesn't get paid time off or they anything. Don't, they, they don't, don't care. care. But the honest truth is, I think I might be kind of interested. Yeah, I would love to serve on jury. Me too. I think. I mean, I'm. I'm not. I'm not one of those people that are freaking out. And, uh, and I'm like, I had fun. I think it'd be kind of cool. I think it'd be kind of interesting to to go through the process. Yeah, I I I really want to do it, um, Bree. I don't know how much she was supposed to tell me about the case afterwards, but. You know, we're married, so you tell everyone everything. Well, no, I mean, I, it was just the one day, so I didn't talk about it during deliberations. And after that, then it becomes a public record. Uh, should we talk about some events? Should we, or can we? I mean, I was so, going to tell everybody that you punched me yesterday. That oh. was your own fault. Nice. Right. It really kind of was. I had, I had gloves on. So I think I had the influenza last week. It was horrible. I'm glad you're at the fucking other end of the table, dude. <laughs> I was so sick. There's a lot of people. This I is actually so one of the worst flu Yeah, seasons. I was. I saw on the news today at the gym that uh, it's the outbreaks are really, they, really They really are bad. actually saying so, this is one of the worst flu seasons. So my, uh, when was New Year's 
Tuesday night was New Year's night or Wednesday night? Tuesday night was mm-hmm. Tuesday night was New Year's Eve. So Monday night, I was so sick, I went to bed at eight o'clock, which is the weirdest thing for you ever. I know. Tuesday for New Year's, I mean, I suffered through till about eleven, and I just couldn't take it anymore and went to bed. It wasn't until Sunday. Sunday was the first night that I actually felt like decent, and and then yesterday and today I feel okay. I probably sound like I'm still a little congested, but it was it was. Like borderline flu. It was so miserable. But I did see those reports that it's been, it's the, the numbers have been really high this year. People. Did you get a flu shot this year? Yeah. Yeah. Chris and I both got sick this year and we, but, but we didn't get, shot. we didn't get the flu. And it's, we just had no, a cold. But no, I mean, well, this wasn't the flu, but man, it was borderline. But the, it was, yeah, it's, however, you escaped it's death. Some of the same I did. Versions. The person in St. George today did not. Was there was someone that died uh, today in St. George of the flu. Of the influenza. A 65 I was just going to say it was an old person. Type A influenza. So <laughs> Old people and babies. So if you're sick, stay away from them. Don't go visit your grandma when you're sick. Yeah. So we, uh, it's considered moderate right now in the state of Utah. 172 hospitalizations as of the last update. But it's just now starting to kick into season, into full swing. So. And I wonder, I mean, I wonder how much of it is we've had some really bad air quality the last little bit. I'm sure that's part of it. That's definitely not helping. I think that that makes your cold worse, like depending on when you get your cold. Speaking of, we are in an inversion, in an inversion, and the pollution levels will double every day until it blows itself out. Which hopefully is Thursday. So drive less, fuckers. Um if you can help it. We, okay, we were kind of bad on now Saturday. So now let's talk about where they can drive less <laughs> I learned. I learned this week that idling for uh, two minutes is the same amount of emissions as driving a, a mile. mile. Yeah, I did too. I heard that on the radio. You know what, though? I can drive more than a mile in two minutes, so I think I should just drive. <laughs> or just turn your car off when you're at the drive through And I have been. Uh, when we like stopped at the drive through pharmacy, we turn the car off and... <clears throat> Uh, we go through a drive through anything, we turn the car off. Well, we'll have Tom from UCARE on, and he can talk all about that stuff. Used to be, in a few weeks. And, and still is, starting a cold car is actually worse than, than letting it idle and driving it, but I think once the car's warm, it's not the same kind of exhaust output by restarting it. Well, okay, so I don't have a good lead-in for that, but um, <laughs> Wasatch Community Gardens... Um, what? Are you kidding me? There's an event here about Salt Lake air protectors. No, I know, but I have to read. Not? I have to read this one because I'm gonna forget. And this, but is you very said important. I don't have a good lead in for that. And the very first event was about <laughs> air protection. It was a transition built in. <laughs> that wasn't even um, on purpose because I didn't read that before I was talking about. <laughs> it's all purposeful. Um, okay. First things first, Wash Out Community Gardens, because uh, I got this email as I was leaving work. So they, uh, at the end of last year, announced their garden campus uh, project, which um, they have, they were challenged to raise $2 million and the Alternate Visions Fund would match. Um, and it was two, $2 million in six months. And they have raised over $1.8 million. They're close. Um, yeah, they've had 344 individuals and foundations contribute anywhere from $5 to $500,000. So they have $1.3 million left to raise um, to get to their goal of $6.2 million. Um, and it'll go to the campus, which 
is going to be totally awesome. So now I can talk about the Salt Lake Air Protectors. So, and, and we'll have, um, we'll have Carl on, uh, next week, um, to talk a little bit more about this, but they are doing a, a storm the Capitol on the 17th. Um, it's the event's called Make Utah Breathable. Just a, uh, an activist uh, event up at the Capitol just to help make people aware of uh, where we're at as far as, as our, our air. Carrie's been uh, doing playing this drop, um, and I don't know what show it's from on X96, uh, where there's all these ladies that are together and they're like, oh. what do we want? Action! Blah, let's go storm the streets. Well, we didn't get a permit, so... Um, speaking of that, I don't have issues that people want to be professional protesters, but when they come into a city to entice um, police officers, I have issue with that. Um, I just wanted to You're talking that. about the library square yep. thing? Yep. Um, anyways, okay. So moving forward, uh, 18th, 2020 Women's March is coming up. Already? That was Pioneer Park, wasn't it? No, no, that was at Library, Library Square. Square. Um, also on the 18th, the our good buddies at the Front Row Film Roast are going to be doing Lord of the Rings. I wonder how many people are going to piss off for that because <gasps> like that is a, a lot of people hold that movie very dear. I, I don't know. They've done quite a few movies that that I feel that are near and dear to people's hearts. So uh, it's like, one but of my, also rad that they got the rights for it. One of so. my favorite scenes out of Clerks too is when they're. They're there, and the guy comes up to the counter, and he's like, one ring to rule them all. And the other guy, and they start geeking out over Lord of the Rings. And and uh, the one guy's like, that's not a trilogy. The only trilogy is Star Wars, blah, blah, blah. And they start, and then he, he starts explaining the movies, and he's like, let me, let me walk you through Lord of the Rings. And he, like, starts walking in place, <laughs> like a fake ring, puts it on his finger. And then he's keeps like in walking, and like takes the ring off, drops it. <laughs> That's the end of the movie. <laughs> the kid starts throwing up because he's so upset about the depiction of the movie. Uh, it'll, I think it'll be awesome. Which so. which Lord of the Rings though? Um, the the first one, the Lord uh, of the Rings, the extended cut, the or Fellowship of just the just the. Like, oh, I don't first... know. We should ask because it's a fucking long movie too. Like that's because yeah. they're. I mean, they're used to doing like older movies that are like an hour and a half, and Lord of the Rings, even the shortest cut, like of just the Fellowship, is like three plus hours. I think. Um, let me see. Because, like, the extended cuts are, like, four hours each. I couldn't get through those books. I can only barely (gasps) watch them. This is going to be Andrew and Jessica's last show before they move to Los Angeles. Sad. Um, it doesn't say. It just says, um, it just says, uh, The Fellowship of the Ring. So, I don't know if it's the extended version, but, uh, classic nonetheless. Um, on the 19th is the Miss Great Beehive Pageant, which will be held at the depot. Uh, this is a drag pageant that is in Salt Lake, and um, it's awesome. The talent that we have here, uh, it's fifteen dollars, and so go and support our awesome local queens. That's all I have for events. Oh, I lied. Sundance is in fifteen days, and I'm really excited. Did you get movie tickets? Uh, they go on sale next week, but don't tell anyone. It's too late. You just <laughs> fucking said it on the podcast. <laughs> no, I totally posted on Facebook earlier. It was a really funny post, um, actually. Did you? Are you in the Sundance? club thing uh, still? Do you have um, to- I don't know when my membership expires. I haven't gotten an update, but it should be in like the next week 
Because uh, so, it was last year, you accidentally did it, right? Well, no, I bought tickets and then I had to get my membership because I bought the tickets that the were only supposed tickets. to be for members. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had to prove it, which was fine because they offer a lot of really cool things through the year. And it's only $65 for just an indie membership. So it's not like, I mean, and you get uh, discounts on merchandise and stuff like that. Um, and throughout the year, they send like uh, screenings. Because we have the Salt Lake Film Society. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Anyway, so you get so, tickets to go to screenings at the uh-huh. Film Society? Oh, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, it's, they have, they'll show like shorts and they'll have, uh, I think they had some like interviews with people throughout the year. So, Man, you really want to be in Salt Lake. I don't know why you don't just sell your house and move up here. Um, <laughs> their neighbor's house is for sale down the street. I really like where I live. I like being away. There's I like being able to come up. There are a few in the neighborhood. I got stars in my house. I'm not moving. You got stars. Stars in the sky. Serious, particularly uh, right now. Oh, oh, visible stars. Visible stars. I thought you meant like <laughs> I thought you meant like you hung stars, stars up in, in like the, the, the on ceiling. my ceiling. Why yeah. would you think no. that? <laughs> That's cool, so though. weird. I fucking no. Why are you asking me these questions? It could be um, awesome. Cool. No. Uh, winter market will be open again. December. Yes. This. this I did Saturday. not make the mistake we made last year of going on like one of the two weeks that they're closed all fucking year. <laughs> I need salsa. I I felt like betrayal Ooh, as salsa I was salsa del diablos in Harmon as I was buying. Yeah, we not salsa del diablo. Ruby Snap isn't in Smiths anymore. What the Smiths? The the maybe you should shop at a local grocer then, Jeremy. No, because they did carry them at Smith's. Yeah, but maybe you should shop at a local. Also, grocery. Ruby Snap is starting to do door-to-door delivery. Yes, That's I saw call. that. Are they pulling really out of call. all the stores? Or is it, I don't know. Is it just, I'll have to ask can, her. I, I got to tell you a story about Ruby Snap. So, my office. So, Crumble's like the new hot thing, and fucking people. Like a I'm year sorry. Ago. No, it's still <laughs> hot. Those like, there's one over in South Jordan and Jordan. There's or in Jordan always Atlanta a million now. people in and out and of it. Yeah, there's a ton of people, and I don't think they're that good. And they've been bringing they're them so in. Crumbly. They've been bringing them into our office for like the birthday party stuff. They'll bring a bunch of crumble cookies in. At least it's easy for you to avoid. I don't think they're that good. Like I've tried like three or four different ones, and like they're 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 so not good that I take a bite and I'm like, okay, I can just not eat this and I throw it away. I think the coconut lime is the only one that I like because they have managed a good balance we on the flavor of that one. I got one of my clients brought us a, brought me a bunch. I had, and I know I am not a judge of sweets, but I've heard everybody talking about them. I had one bite. Of one cookie and threw it away. And you were like, yeah, it's not that it good. It was yeah. so sweet. It and was I've like, watched you eat a whole Ruby Snap cookie. It was so. gaggy sweet. <laughs> but so, and yeah, I'll eat a Ruby it's Snap. Not, they're, they're so crumbly. I don't know. And, I was and not impressed. So, but my, my, my point is, so everyone's oh, like, crumble. oh, they're great. These cookies are great. I'm like, they're not the best. There's better cookies in the valley. Go to Ruby Snap. And everyone at the office is like, yeah, they're okay. Ruby Snap's good. But, and I'm like, no, they're fucking better, and Crumble sucks. Are they getting their Ruby Snap from the from Ruby Snap? Yeah, or are they getting, okay. yeah, no. Well, I don't know. And see, here's the thing: I don't know how many of them actually went and had a Ruby Snap any time yeah, in the last like couple of years. You'd have to go downtown, pretty much. And and so uh, one of our one of our vendors gave us a box of Ruby Snap cookies, like a like a dozen Ruby Snap cookies for the office, which clearly is not enough to feed our entire staff. Uh, so Just basically. Uh, no. So, we cut them up at our work so we can all share, like, you can have more of all the different flavors. So how, so how that works is, um, they get passed around to, um, the C level and director level first. <laughs> and then, then we, then we kind of set them out for, for scavenging. We have a hierarchy at my office too, but her husband's brother works 
for us. So, so, and, and so then we, uh, I had uh, a couple of people that had one of the cookies and then like immediately came over to me and they're like, Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is way better than crumble. I don't remember these cookies being that good. And I said, it's all about which ones you get and what you want to have in a cookie because they, there is a wide variety of flavors. And I'm sure most of what they gave us was the safer stuff, the less out there stuff, but like the tahini cookie and stuff that she does. Like, Oh, this month is Carmen and it's going to take a lot of self-control not to go. Also, yeah, the whole fucking naming thing. I know it's cute, but it doesn't help me decide which what the cookie actually yeah, is. Yeah, I still so. call them the one with the lemon on top or the, <laughs> the, the chocolate, chocolate peanut butter. Yeah, yeah. Penelope. So, yeah, but anyway. That doesn't help me really. at all. So uh, people that did not think they were that much better, now they have come around okay, because no. they tried them again. Well, they can go and download the app on January 13th and they will have a door-to-door delivery service. I might. How far out are they going to go? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure, I'm to be honest. I'm pretty far away from downtown. I guess we'll just you find out. have them out. delivered to work, then. You can have them delivered to Bree's work. Oh, yeah, there you go. My work is just as far as my me? house is from downtown. <laughs> no, it's going to help me. You bring them home, and I'll eat them. I'm trying to see if I can find some more information, because they've been talking about this for But to be fair, months. Bree could just stop by there on her way home it's and get true. them for me. Uh, and they'll be much From Ogden fresh. to Provo. Wow, maybe go. I'll have them deliver to me. There you go. Delivery at the office. I just need one cookie. <laughs> I don't need you to I'm drive like, to Sandy. Need, I just need a Carmen and a Josephine, please. Um, so anyway, yeah, sorry. Uh, well, you and Jess could always share orders. That's <laughs> You're true. Not very far away. That's true. We could like split the order. Look at like, Jess's face. Share an order. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I was I mean, just like, reading the what if they were... Because they're still going to be using DoorDash, but this is a completely different delivery store. Like this is their own personal delivery service that they're going to be doing. So it doesn't. It's no affiliation. Oh, so it's not DoorDash. Nope. Nope. It's just Ruby Snap. I can't get behind those delivery services. They're too far. I don't. I do not understand how people pay for those delivery services. People at my work do my it all kids the time. Do it. I look at the my fucking, roommate does. I look at the delivery prices and I'm like, fuck. I have to. I have to pay like an extra six dollars to get shitty Chili's food. I just fucking drive there and pick it up myself. Like I don't like what like McDonald's. Like I'm gonna pay an extra four dollars for that garbage just yeah. to to have it. Del- so it's double the price. But I don't now. even think it's four dollars. I think it's more than that because it's like the cost of basically an Uber ride. Like Uber Eats in particular, it's like oh well, it's gonna cost you eight dollars to get your shitty double cheeseburger and fries from McDonald's. Like guess I'm not fucking doing that. I don't. Oh, speaking of that, my ex-husband finally quit his Pizza Hut job. Wow. Oh, after, after having like it 20 for years, 22 20 years. years. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, Did he get a gold watch or anything? <laughs> a free pizza? <laughs> anything? A pizza pin? <laughs> he doesn't like their pizza. Yeah. he. I don't know what he'll do without their, their pasta. He hasn't though. been eating that pasta in years. The girls have said that he hasn't ate that for a few years. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now what are they going to do? They don't have a driver anymore. <laughs> I'm sure he was not their only driver, Jeremy. He was Especially t- since he was down to only driving on Mondays. Here's their Monday night special. Family home evening pizza. <laughs> yeah, 22 years for the same pizza hut. Did so, he get a raise in all that time? Uh, I don't know. Let's just say he wow. wasn't even making normal minimum wage. <laughs> you got to love a job or you got to be really afraid of change. Fuck, man. <laughs> that... I don't know. 
Um, so we're we're gonna. This is a new year. Uh, we're gonna be changing the format, uh, playing with it a little bit. Uh, maybe playing with some equipment. If you haven't, li- if you're listening to this in order, then the interview hasn't come in. You get to hear a new question. That is true. We are. Bum, we bum, are. Bum. And this not probably not even the way we were gonna actually ask the question. No, because it's his, he's a little different than. But but our one our one thing has gotten a little stale. Um, because there's only and stolen, stale and stolen, stale and stolen. Yeah. Like German bread. Uh, <laughs> stale and stolen. <laughs> uh, stale and stolen like German I'm writing that down. I was, like thinking German of, bread. I was thinking about the Nazis like the SS and then you said the German bread and I was like, that's kind of funny. Stale, stale and stolen funny. Like German bread. Like That might be the show title, guys, like German bread. That's a <laughs> long show it. title. But or sometimes good. I'm funny. <laughs> sometimes I'm funny. <laughs> Almost four years and I got it. Hey, you've had a few. <laughs> um, you know, the hardest show title for me was the German word for dishwasher. I still, <laughs> I still can't say it. I can was only it dishwasher it. or was it butterfly? No, it was, no, it was dishwasher. 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 Something like that. That's what know. the sound, that's what sound the dishwasher makes. Uh, <laughs> so normally this would be the time where we do a bunch of news. Um, I don't know. I don't think we really have time, so. Um, oh man, we're gonna have to wait for the for the architect stuff later. Yeah, I, can we can let's we save it? Let's let's talk briefly just about the new laws that took effect this month. Um, there's so many. There's not really. There's no. only like ten, uh, and most of them probably don't affect people. So we'll just kind of hammer sorry. through them really quick. Um, but my we'll, old eyes I can't read these. Enough, okay? You <laughs> should get my contact. Get some readers, Jeremy. Make I do so have can, readers. I just can, don't bring them here. You can read but, up close and up, and then you can read from far away. Maybe I need to bring a pair to leave here. So uh, I'll, I'll you can kinda, borrow my purple ones. I'll, I'll go. They have rhinestones on them. Ooh, fancy! Ooh. I'll go through them real quick. Okay. Uh, so there is uh, the tax law change for the property tax and armed forces property exemption. We talked about that quite a bit uh, during last year's legislative session. That goes into effect uh, in January. Um, so. Non-Utah residents will have to have a permit to ride off highway vehicles in the state. So basically, if you want to ride an ATV in the state of Utah and you are not a licensed Utah driver, you will have to pay for a permit. Um, so like How a, will they tell if like somebody from Colorado comes in and throws their razor well, on the like, and they're just driving? Nobody knows. Well, basically, what this does is is if you are from out of state and you're fucking four wheeling around in areas that. And causing a problem. Because they're not just going to stop you unless you're causing a problem. Then there's an additional charge, basically. I feel like it's mostly Utahns that mess it up anyway. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. I don't really care about those people. Um, So there's some tax exemption stuff. Uh, uh, Some of the really big stuff... Driver's license renewals are now going to be eight years instead of five. So the next time you renew your license, it will be an eight-year renewal. It will also it cost $52. more. Hey, do any of you have your yellow star yet? Yep. Yeah, because I had to renew it. I think on, Chris is the only one that On did. my birthday in I October. Mine for so. like a year. I didn't have to, huh? I didn't have to get anyone for my birthday. That's great that we're not on the same cycle. 
Yeah, Did I you, have like changes at one point when oh, you got married. Oh, when I got married. See, mine's mine's yeah. been in the original cycle since I turned sixteen. Well, I just I just got mine in the mail, but Chris doesn't have his yet. Oh, that is, this is the most fucking riveting conversation. Well, <laughs> so I I mentioned what it to, cycle your license. I mentioned it on? to my boss, and he's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm like, how do you not know that our state wasted millions of dollars on drivers? Do you not pay attention to the news? And he's like. What are you even talking about? I thought that they fixed that. I go, yeah, they're fixing it now only because they have to. They didn't like fix it when they could have. You can't get on an international flight without No, you can't get on any, any flight. Any without, flight. Come October. Come October. Yeah. So. And we, so, you know, Chris, here's Chris going to be flying to Vegas. He's going to be flying to Florida. He's going to be flying to India. Like, I have a passport. I'm fine. Uh, it'll fuck people over that don't have a passport, though. Yep. Uh, so there's some changes to the way construction registries and subcontracting liens and shit can be be done. Um, there's a, a big difference in extradition, if you really care, uh, how we extradite criminals to other states. Um, uh, there, the, one of the big ones, uh, SB 50, um, prohibits someone from holding an elected municipal and county position at the same time. That makes sense. So basically if you're in a city council, you can't be part of the county council more or less. Um, require, there's a uh, SB 69. Is uh, a, this one's big. This is a huge one. So it basically is going to require event vendors to use ticket. Uh, the way it's worded, ticket delivery methods that is easier for someone to lawfully resell. Um, there are some exceptions, mostly for uh, big uh, concert um, performers that don't like the resale market. So Utah's somewhat unique. We have an open, openly available resale market. Not every place you can scalp tickets. You can in Utah. It's, it's actually a fairly large business in Utah. Um, and there are some artists that won't come if their tickets are resold. And so, um, cause they don't basically like there's some, there's some folks that have come and they sell their own tickets because, uh, one, they don't want Ticketmaster to, uh, fuck them in the ass with like their Easy. giant 12 inch round, uh, <laughs> service fees, um, because that's what Ticketmaster does. Um, plus they're also their own resale service. Yeah, and so uh, instead, you know, they'll have their own uh, ticket sale process. And a lot of that is, too, because they say, I want people to be able to come to my show for 40 bucks. I don't want them to resell that ticket for 400 bucks uh, and make a profit on coming to my show. So there are some exceptions there, but uh, it's a big deal because it makes it um, easier for people to resell those tickets. Um the urban farm acreage has gone down from two acres to one, which is a big change. It allows you to, to claim being an urban farmer with a little bit smaller land. How much land do you have? Half acre. Oh. Half acre. You're close. Still not quite there. If you could have bought the fucking lot behind you. For 700000 <laughs> Just for the land, so you could claim your urban well, farm. Well, didn't you say it's the developer or the farmer's daughter that's right behind <laughs> you? Yes. The, the daughter. The farmer's the, daughter. Yeah, yeah the, the, the farmer that owned all the property. It's his daughter. His daughter's right behind you, yeah. Uh, and then the last one is the healthcare insurers have to post um, uh, basically a bunch of authorization crap um, for for reporting that's stupid um something else that is not utah related but kind of is that i think is important for everyone to be aware of um because it will likely shape something so california just enacted a law this and it went into effect this year um this california privacy code something something like the cpcaa or something um 
it is a massive overhaul to California's privacy laws. And basically, any company that does any kind of business in California has to abide by it, which is pretty much everyone. Um, and it, it has ties back to like all your social media and stuff like that. Anyone that's got more than, I think it's 500 users in the state of California, maybe it's 5,000, um, or has principal business assets or does business like transactional business in some fashion. So basically the privacy law changes are you have to tell consumers specifically what data you are storing. You can't just say we could store these things. You have to say what data you're storing. You have to give them the ability to opt out of you storing that information. You have to tell them who you're selling their data to and what data you're selling. You have to be able to not sell their individual data if they choose for you not to. And they have to be able to say, uh, yeah, you can sell my sex and my age, but I don't want you to send my birthday. It's like super specific. Um, it probably isn't going to be anything that's huge right today uh, for the average consumer, um, but it is going to make some big changes. And you've probably been getting in the last couple of weeks a shit ton of new privacy notices from Everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. That's why it's specifically because of that California Privacy Act change. Um, so it will have an impact on um, things that you can choose to opt out of uh, because your information is your information. The state of California says, uh, and California typically leads the way for national policy on a bunch of stuff. Oh, one other law change: Utah changed its uh, smoking age and tobacco use age to twenty-one. Well, so did the federal government now, so. <laughs> um, there's another law, too, where the trucking industry, everybody thinks that this is all great, but the trucking industry is um, trying to get national laws passed so that they can the override state restrictions because some states have stricter laws. So I know a little bit about this just because of, of the industry I work in, but like you may cross a border from Utah to Wyoming and Wyoming would have different laws. And so... Wherever you travel, you have to have insurance that covers, you know, the strictest laws or you have to abide by whatever rules and regulations for the strictest state. And so they're trying to get the federal government to make federal laws that override all the state laws. Specifically with regards to like fuel types and, and right. things like and that. Right. And so some places it would be a better thing, but there's a lot of states that actually have much more strict guidelines than what they're proposing. And so it's actually maybe not such a good thing. It's kind of a mixed barrel. So anyway, just some new laws this beginning of the year. That's what happens. So we uh, have the pleasure tonight of talking with uh, Chris Mortensen, who, did I say that right? I tried to pronounce it. Yeah, Chris Mortensen, yep. Okay, so you're a lazy Utah speak. Okay, Mortensen, got it. (laughs) Is that, I I didn't realize I had that accent. No, no. Yes, you do. (laughs) If if you were in Utah for any extended amount of time, you most certainly do, sir. Uh, Well, yeah, I was, so it makes sense. I'll have to work on that. Chris is the uh, the creator of the Captain Borax YouTube channel, and that's actually how we found out about Chris. Was uh, we were doing research for one of our infamous Utah episodes when we did uh, Ted Bundy originally. I think was the one that we we found him on, right? Yeah, it was last spring. Yep, that's right. Uh, Jess and Jeremy both stumbled across your site. Uh, and we're watching the crazy videos that you have acquired over the years 
in regards specifically to Ted Bundy at the time, but it's actually pretty cool. I mean, it's pretty impressive to to see what you'd come up with. A lot of a lot of weirdness for sure. Yeah, that, well, that whole case was weird. I mean, everything about it was weird. It was cool yeah. though. I mean, to see what was on there was really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, I've been pretty lucky, and a lot of it's just been going after people until they spoke with me. You know, <laughs> we know how that goes. <laughs> well, Jess knows how that goes. Well, that's like, why won't the... you talk to me? <laughs> well, that's Sorry, part of life. It's part of the fun of it for me, and you know, it's like, okay, this guy, this guy said no. Now, now I'm going to go after him even harder. Yeah, like, why did he say no? What's he got to hide? Right now, you're now you're even more interested. What is what are they hiding from me? So I I gotta I want to take a step back because I mean the YouTube channel is great and there's there's tons and tons of content up there, but what what drives a guy to go? You know what? I want to put up a site. I want to put up a bunch of videos. I want to find these old like home movies and do all this research on a serial killer and then host videos of these things. <laughs> well, and also create local true crime tours as well. <laughs> you know, it, it stems from uh, a period of time in my life when I, um, I'm a school teacher. And so <clears throat> I would find myself in the summer times in Salt Lake City a little bit bored. Not, you know, not totally bored, but uh, at the point where it was like, OK, I need to I need to find something that's stimulating um, for me intellectually and something that I can kind of, uh, tie, tie my two favorite things in the world, you know, art and history and find a way to put them together. I thought you were going to say teaching and murder. I'm glad you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, (laughs) that, that, yeah, you could, you could report me on that one, but (laughs) Uh, just, um, just finding ways to just to, in, you know, just uh, stimulate my my own brain, just for fun. Um, and then I don't know. I don't know how I got involved in the Ted Bundy thing. I, I believe it was I used to live kind of close to the Fashion Place Mall, and right. I had read and in a Stephen Wynn and a Merrill book called uh, "The Killer Next Door," and it was uh, it was pretty accurate. So I was able to kind of track down the whole. Carol Durant route, and um, so I just put together a cheesy video on that, and then that channel got blown up. It's a long story. It's not cheesy though. That actually is probably one of the most fascinating videos on your channel, besides like all of his church stuff. I would say. Ah, this church stuff is really, it's really interesting, isn't it? It's uh, bizarre. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the it's how much a community trusted him. You know, that's, yeah. So did you live yeah. by the mall, or is it just a place that you knew where it was and it was easily accessible? Well, it was fairly easily accessible. I lived in kind of the South Salt Lake area. And, gotcha. Um, yeah, that was actually on an older Captain Borax channel. That that channel got blown up because I kept uploading copyrighted uh, old Japanese <laughs> monster movies. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so yeah, so I monetize those channels real fast. Yeah, they're they're pretty. So I'm pretty careful these days. But uh, yeah, that one got pretty. I had a pretty decent following on that, but for different reasons, I had nothing to do with that. Japanese monster movies is my my guess, maybe. 
<laughs> yeah. Who knew they were watching that stuff? You know, I mean, I wouldn't have guessed that. Obviously. So, what do you what do you teach? Do you still teach? Is that still your primary profession? I do. I, it's uh, kind of my bread and butter. I I teach um, a resource special education group of kids that are uh, kind of uh, ready to work their way into the world as um, you know, in a functional way. They're they're learning how to get jobs in the community. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I was at West High School in Salt Lake for maybe 14 years, I think. Wow, that's a long time to be a high school teacher. Yeah, it was. And now, and now I'm at a middle school, oh, God. which is, that's I like, know. That's like a step down. That's like a, that's, <laughs> that is, that, I, honestly, I think that they should make every teacher start there, but I think the reason they don't is because they'll all quit. Yeah. <laughs> like, middle school is the worst. Oh man, it's 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 a nightmare. Well, I, I the reason I'm taking middle school is I just popped on a a job that was pretty easy to get quickly because I moved to Las Vegas and um so it was quick. The money's better down here, but the the trade off is you have to work at a middle school for two or three years and you're kind of yeah. tenured into the system, and then I'll probably go back to high school. I mean, to be fair, the money is better. Anywhere other than Utah for educators, so <laughs> that's true. It's pretty Ugh. abysmal here. It, it was. It wasn't enough for me, and I, I and you know I'm not a greedy guy that needs a lot of money. I just you know I just needed to not have to go get a second job in order to pay the rent. Um, as yeah, <laughs> it's not like it's not like teaching isn't like more than a full time job to begin with, right? So. <laughs> Right, right. So, are you guys in? Um, are you guys in Salt Lake City? Uh, yeah, we're we're actually in uh, the ghetto right now. Hi, <laughs> we're in Kearns. Uh, Kearns, yeah, right on. South Salt Lake is East Abington. Uh, Kearns is West. West Abington. Abington. Uh, in in my book, so yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Pete Hayward's daughter. Actually, all of Pete Hayward's daughters live out by you. Uh, where you are right now, the uh, Pete Hayward was Bob Hayward's brother in um, in Salt Lake City, and he was the the captain of detectives back in the Bundy days in Utah. Oh, yeah, he was he was the man who who really uh, put put that together um, with Jerry Thompson and some of those other guys. But yeah, they they're great people. They live just in that area. So in your in your kind of exploration of of Ted Bundy, did you become pretty close with some of those folks that you talked to, like the Haywards? I mean, it sounds like you know where the family's at quite a bit. So, yeah, yeah, I I really did. It was um it was unexpected. I I didn't think it would I would make so many cool new friends. I mean, some of these people are lovely. Uh, I got to yeah, I got to know quite a quite a lot of people, and I still still chat and talk to a lot of these people and, and you know some of the Haywards like Bob Hayward he's passed away now and uh, so so has his wife and Pete's been dead for many years and Jerry Thompson's dead now but yeah yeah, yeah it was kind of neat I got to know a lot of these people and and uh, I, I think that was uh, it was kind of lucky you know being being able to live there and just drop that's him once I think it's interesting because you talk about the extended family of these people. And I think a lot of times in these cases, like we just think about like the immediate 
you know, the people that are in the situation, the families that are, you know, like last last week we talked about um, the hi-fi murders and the people that were involved with that. But it's really neat to hear you talk about, you know, it's generations. It still happened to somebody's, you know, grandmother or, you know, yeah. aunt or something like that. Certainly. Certainly. And I, I think people would be surprised at how many um, extended people from from that case and all manners uh, all manner of speaking actually still live in the valley there. Um, you know, it's funny. We lived uh, we lived in the holiday area before we came down here. And it turned out that Carol Bartholomew just lived in the neighborhood right next to us. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And I don't know if you know who that is, but she she's the woman that uh, is washing the plates with Ted in that one picture. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, um, if if you're in the Murray area, for example, it's incredible. Um, so many people are still there. Dennis Couch, the guy that took Ted's confession uh, in Florida uh, when he was confessing um, about Nancy Wilcox and Melissa Smith. Uh, Debbie Ken, I'm sorry. Uh, he lived in the same uh, condominium um, section. I don't know what you would call that, like a almost like a community and the person that lived like two condos down from him was Connie Wilcox uh, for a lot of years until she just died recently. Um, it was Nancy Wilcox's mother. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just really interesting. They're, they're all neighbors. They, you know, these people know each other. Um, it's a small world. It is. It is. I th- but you, I mean, we we talk about Ted Bundy. We obviously used a lot of your research for our our episode last year, but uh, your interests are also have been local cases as well. What what in you in that summer break was like? Hey, let's do a true crime <laughs> tour of you know um, who was who was on there, Gary. Yes, yes. And, and, you know, Susan Powell, which we've talked about quite, quite a bit. Um, How did you get started with that? I I have no idea. Well, I'll I'll tell you one thing. I'm I'm a big fan of a guy out in Los Angeles. His name is Scott Michaels. And he, uh, I'm not necessarily interested in tours per se, but he had a couple of, yeah, maybe like five really short 10 minute videos of local things. And he's done a couple of documentaries in the Los Angeles area. Um, and he also did a documentary called the six degrees of Helter Skelter. Um, and anyway, he's a wonderful historian, but he's got a flair for the fun too. He makes it fun and interesting. Uh, all the people in his community, they call themselves death hags. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is kind of funny. They uh, they have stickers. You can actually, you know, if you call his shot, he's a tour. He's a tour guy now. He actually runs, but um, you can get Death Hag stickers. He's every once in a while you stick them around. But I think um, uh, I think a lot of it too is I just grew up watching a lot of cop movies when I was a kid. Um, when I was a kid, all that you know, the Dirty Harry stuff. <laughs> Fort Apache, the Bronx, you know, and Charles Bronson movies were just the thing back Shaft. in those days. 
yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, so to back up a little bit, um, speaking of childhood, where where were you born? Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew. I'm from Sonora, California. I was born there and raised there and lived there until I was about 21, which is kind of um, it's a little bit east of the Bay Area, up in the foothills, the uh-huh. San Francisco area. Um, yeah, one day, it really is. It's really beautiful. It's kind of the old. The gold mining, the 49ers, when they when they got off their ships in San Francisco Bay uh, back in the old days in the 1840s, they headed up into the hills and the places that they headed up to was is the area that I grew up in. Um, uh, they call it uh, the motherload country. But um, strangely, uh, uh, Leonard Lake and Charles Ning, the those two killers from the eighties, they, uh, uh, they actually were doing all their dastardly stuff. Just a few miles away from the house I grew up in. Wow. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that case, but, uh, pretty scary stuff, torture chamber, really creepy serial killer stuff. But, um, so yeah, uh, from there and I, I moved to, I lived in Colorado for a long year, a lot of years. And what's kind of funny is, I worked at Snowmass Village and um, probably got interested in the Ted Bundy case because uh, a lot of the people I worked with were these old timers, you know, ski, uh, ski patrol guys. And a couple of the guys I worked with were actually guys that were on the, the team that found Karen Campbell when she disappeared. Oh, wow. And, um, and then strangely, another friend of mine uh, was, he worked at the Wildwood Inn where she disappeared from uh, for many years. And so we were able to explore that, that whole thing. And I don't know, but uh, that's a little Bundy connection. Uh, yeah. It sounds like true crime has been following you from, <laughs> from state yeah. to state. <laughs> so, so what brought you to Utah? You're like, There's something wrong with you, Chris. It's following you. Um, <laughs> Well, I was just about to ask you, like, how many people have you killed? Because <laughs> clearly, well, well, yeah, we can. Wait, let me give you my private line, man. We'll give you my <laughs> and, and what what is your your full name exactly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because I mean, Ted Bundy's kind of an anomaly, but most serial killers there's three names that go with them, or at least a middle initial, right? Right. So your name is Chris. <laughs> What's the middle one, man? M. It's an M. <laughs> Neil. It's got to be Neil. Let's see, Chris. No, I'm just kidding. No, an M. M. I like M. mom. Meat. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Christopher Meat. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll look you up on Facebook later. I'll find out. The M I usually use would be your actual name if we didn't want to give it away. So, <laughs> well, it's like so. I'm like, who is the guy in Texas? The the guy that's supposedly the, the most prolific now. Oh, Dude, just passed like, away. The, just killed like ninety Lee. some odd people. Mister Lee. Oh, was that Henry Lee Lucas? Yeah, I think that's his name. Sounds like sounds like he's a. Uh... He was telling a lot of tall tales. I remember thinking that when I was a kid because I read some stuff on him. But uh, did you guys see that Netflix uh, series they did? No. Oh, uh, watch it's actually really compelling. Um, 
this came out recently, but they did a whole thing on Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Tool, and uh, you know that was his friend and uh, who was also a killer. I, I believe that Tool is the guy that is most like is most associated with the person who killed John Walsh's son back in 1981. Um, yeah, I don't know if you know who that is, John Walsh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The um, and killing of his son, like, changed. basically launched his career and yeah. changed, yeah. in a lot of ways, changed how the public interacts with law enforcement in in the most wanted cases. Because prior to that, there was no there was no like public enemy type show, and he created he yes. created America's Most Wanted for for years. And off of that, you got cops and that shows that show. Yeah. They were able to solve a lot of. Yeah, crimes based off that show. It oh, really tons. got the public's eye out and aware of a lot of things that people just had no idea. Absolutely. Watching that show as a kid, and every time his voice had come on, it'd just scare you to death. <laughs> You're like, oh God, was this close to my house? Is that? <laughs> he, he had that kind of he had that kind of James Woods voice. Uh huh. We got this guy. You know, oh shit, that's Walsh. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he's kind of he seems like kind of the guy that started all this um, you know, this uh, armchair investigation. Oh yeah. I like that armchair investigation. <laughs> so so what brings you to Utah? So you're in Colorado and then what brings you to Utah? Oh, I'm sorry I didn't answer that. Um well, you That's know, right. I ended up I ended up um uh, I ended up meeting someone and then we ended up getting divorced later, but we still had kids. Uh number, in the one, number one cause of divorce. Marriage. Hey, children. <laughs> oh, getting or married. Kids. Just getting married. Getting married. Oh, just getting married. <laughs> I like that. Um, so I ended up um, while I was while I was in Utah, and I just recently moved. I was I think I moved there in 2001, and then I just moved this past year. Uh, I went to school while I was there and got my teaching degree, etc. Um, master's degree later, and. Uh, just kind of um, been cruising along doing this stuff, and I got tapped into uh, helping Rob Delianberg, who is a author for, for Ted Bundy, a visual timeline. Um, after he saw one of the, I think he saw that, that video I was telling you about that got blew up later. Um, and he hit me up on Facebook. And so that's how a lot of this research for Bundy started. Uh, however, I was already kind of getting involved in it with other things like the uh, uh, the Shiloh Inn story. Oh yeah, which is deeply fascinating. I've I've done a lot of uh, deep digging on that one. Crazy I, story. I don't think we've ever talked about it on our show. Can you talk about it a little bit? <laughs> yeah, for sure. He's um okay. So it was a guy named Bruce Longo, and he was from Yonkers, New York. He was a he was LDS and he ended up doing a mission and I want to say it was in Venezuela or Ecuador or something like that. And his um missionary partner uh was a guy uh, from Salt Lake City and his name oh man what is his name? He runs he owns that piano store in Murray Dane's music Skip Dane's oh, is his name. Um it sells very high end piano stuff, and it, he's actually a really nice guy. I talked to him uh, a couple years ago, but 
So he had kind of a he had kind of a Utah connection, but what his deal was is he was LDS and he started his own sect or branch, uh, basically an FLDS uh, <laughs> scenario. He was basically started his own little small little polygamous sect, um, and he he spent the next and this is probably maybe 1962 or something when he started. And he just started working his way across the country before he ended up in Salt Lake. Um, and what he would do, he was involved in pretty intricate um, money. Uh, what do they call that? It's a, people used to wire money to each other a lot. Money fraud? Money yeah. <laughs> some, some sort of money fraud thing um, with, you know, directly related to the wire, wiring money. Um but he was that. Sorry, I was eating a cracker, so I turned it off. Is it wire transfer fraud? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, maybe that's what it's called. Yeah, uh, but he was he was heavily involved in that for a lot of years, and the FBI had been watching him forever. Um, but he and his brother were doing it, so he was also collecting money. He was getting money from parishioners, and. He was he was making a lot of money, but what he was doing was staying in you know mid to higher end hotels for a lot of years as a permanent residence, and then he would he would stay in one for a year or so, and he'd eventually you know he'd bail out if he he felt like the FBI or other authorities were getting too close, and he had a wife, and by the time he got to Salt Lake City, he had seven kids, um, and his wife. And they were staying at uh, the Shiloh Inn, which back in those days was called the Sahara Dunes. And they were staying on the 11th floor, and they had three suites up there. They had all facing the east bench of the downtown area. And so all side by side on the 11th floor. And he and his wife stayed in the middle one, and the children stayed in the two suites on opposite sides. But apparently he was... He was paying a hundred dollars a day per suite uh, to stay there every single day. He'd go downstairs and and pay whatever the three hundred plus dollars. And this is all in like nineteen seventy eight. And um, anyway, it, it you know it's very complex. But he ended up killing himself up in Immigration Canyon. And uh, after that happened, he and his wife apparently had some sort of a Packed, you know, that if something happens to me, we need to meet in the afterlife kind of thing, you know, in the pie in the sky. So when that happened, you know, she started, uh, if not throwing the kids off the balcony, you know, forcing them at some level to do it. And so it was, yeah, I think it was seven kids, and then she jumped herself, and one of the kids survived. I remember Um, that now that you were talking about it a little bit more. Yeah, pretty weird thing. And also, um, I figured out from a little research that Brian David Mitchell was a member of his flock. Oh, <laughs> yeah. True just, story. We just talked about him two yeah. months ago, I think. I mean, that dude, I I remember seeing him on the streets downtown Salt Lake. Yeah, me too. <laughs> That's, yeah. Like anyone that walked around downtown during that time. Downtown Jesus. Him. What did they yeah. call him? What was his? Homeless Jesus. Homeless Jesus. Homeless Jesus. That's funny. 
I uh, I saw him at Pioneer Park quite a bit because we would take the my students would you know we'd go walking by that park quite a bit mm-hmm. and and you I I remember seeing him several times yeah you know? oh yeah anyway he was a Mary he even called himself a manual yep. yeah yeah the guy okay so the the I forgot to mention that the the guy Bruce Longo he called himself a manual David. Um, and there's even, if you look online, do a light Google, there's he, he even had a, um, a manifesto or probably he called it a Bible. I can't remember what it's called, but it's, you can download it. It's called, uh, the, oh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's, uh, the uh, the book of, <laughs> I think it's called the book of David, something like that. Um, but anyway, he, um, Yeah. Very interesting story. Um, very creepy stuff. Well, and now that's just a Holiday Inn Express. So, yeah, that was boring. <laughs> I want to. I want to know because you, a lot of your videos, a lot of the research that you've done. How do you? I mean, because so many people have written about all of these things. How do you find that like one piece that somebody else hasn't written or talked about? Or do you just find that piece and just elaborate more on it? Is that, uh, I, you know, a lot of times I'll just find it, but it's, you know, it's from actually digging, but it's actually like pretty easy because I think, because one of the, one of the reasons I like doing this stuff is that I think documentaries leave out so much stuff and so much, so do books, you know, it's, so I find myself digging to find out, you know, little missing pieces, you know, um, and they, they, present themselves they just they come to you um you get um you do grammar requests for police reports um different things like that and it always leads what it does is it leads you to finding people to talk to um so how hard is it to find that information is it something anybody can find or do you have to know what you're doing or how do you get police records and how do you get that information it's it's actually pretty easy um you know i didn't know that at first but uh for example if um like i have the police reports for that guy david longo emmanuel david and i just went down to in person to the police station that big fancy new one they have down there Uh (laughs) um with that big gaudy looking thing on the the south side. What is that, man? It's like a wire brisk or something, but <laughs> um <laughs> but no, you just go in and you do what's called a uh grandma request, uh G R A M A, and I can't remember what that acronym stands for. Um but a lot of people get those anyway, you know, like if you you know, you got an ankle bracelet on because you have a DUI. You send somebody, I'm just kidding. You send somebody down there. To, <laughs> <laughs> you And you need to have your reports because you, you know, you're taking it to court. You can go down and request right. the information That's, on your own arrest report. It's a government records access and management act. It's a big uh, yeah. The freedom. So, so is all of it information. public? 
public yeah. knowledge or after a certain period of time? It has to be so many years, or how does that work, or do you even know? Well, it depends on the information. Like, a lot of it's completely open to the public. If it's an open case, it may not be completely publicly available. Yeah. Um, but this is it, it's this specific act is what got BYU's campus police into so much pro- trouble and got their basically their credentials stripped by the state because they refused to provide these records in, gotcha. in investigations. So, oh, yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, it depends. It's a case by case thing. I think you're right. Uh, for example, like the Debbie Kent case, uh, or the information that the, the Bountiful Police specifically has you know kind of held all that information although they're not alone like you can find information that they have also but you need that stuff's harder to find you got to know where to look for that um but it, it was really difficult to get anything from those people until uh, recently when the dna testing thing came out about the patella bone that they found in fairview canyon um or debbie kent um and then they publicly linked that to uh yes, this is actually Debbie Kent's patelephone. Um and then for some reason it just seems like all this activity with the Ted Bundy story with all these movies and documentaries and all these different things that are happening, uh they suddenly made that information more available. Uh and it became what they call the closed case because it's kinda of weird. It's like Bountiful would tell you, yeah, it's it's not an open case because we don't have a physical body, is what they would tell you. Even though Ted Bundy had confessed to killing her or, you know, these kind of circumstances, they they wouldn't release it. It almost seemed kind of like they were just doing it (laughs) willy-nilly. It's very interesting. It's kind of, it's weird. So when you get these the records from you know police police reports and other public agencies and court filings and everything, and then you want to kind of investigate further, are you just pulling like out of that record you know contact numbers for people that are involved and just cold calling them and saying hey, uh, <laughs> I'm a school teacher and uh, yeah <laughs> yeah uh, kind of yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> investigative journalism at its finest right yeah you you kind of want you want to kind of uh, yeah you find the find the name and then you find the number i've got a couple of ways that i've, I've um, been able to track down phone numbers and different things with some of it's word of mouth but yeah you definitely want to kind of get them on their get them on their best game before they hang up on you because um, <laughs> like, so, oh God, another person calling about Ted Bundy. Yeah. Well, and you started your research before, like the surgeons of last year of the Sundance movie and the documentary, and you have been doing your work for longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> Did yeah, you not... s- you see an up like an uptake in your in your numbers because people are like, oh, Ted Bundy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's kind of funny that we did a video um, probably two years ago at the, we had an apartment, you know, at the apartment, um, where we, we, we became friends with the, um, the girls that actually live in that building at 565 First Avenue. And um, it was, this is kind of a funny story. 
So the girls that live, one lives upstairs in, in Ted's apartment. And the other one lives downstairs in this other person who was, uh, uh, her name was Christine Mon, although that's not what she calls herself now. Um, it, it turns out she was a Supreme Court judge's daughter. Um, oh. and she was, she was sleeping with Ted while he was living upstairs. <laughs> well, and, I mean, basically yeah. everyone that met Ted was willing to sleep with him from what Apparently. I can gather. He's <laughs> very slick. It sounds like it. Yeah, everybody's got a little, oh, yeah. But um, what's kind of funny is that we did a video. We took Jamie uh, Hayden, who is Nancy Wilcox's cousin, and we took a, a kid named, well, he's not a kid, he's older than me, Brian Severs, uh, the kid who bought Ted Bundy's Volkswagen from Ted. And then we just did this whole night where we were drinking wine and, and exploring the house. We explored the cellar and the different apartments, the whole process and um it, i don't know how the heck this thing got out there but tmz got a hold of this thing. oh yeah i remember that <laughs> and they had something that said ted but or the the people that live in ted bundy's house are sick of the looky-loos kind of thing so don't don't come by the house and bother them or something and then they they put um a link to my video down there and uh, it was hilarious. It, I'm like, what's going on with that video? It's got like 10,000 views in five, <laughs> seconds, five minutes or something. <laughs> so something's wrong here. <laughs> hey, uh, no press is bad press. Right. right. Yeah, oh, whatever. But it was pretty funny because the la- the funniest part of it is, is the landlord, who I knew previously was not a big fan of this whole Ted Bundy saga because – he hates the looky loo, and I'm thinking, dude, it's a selling point, man. <laughs> you own Ted Bundy's house, put it to work. It's like CLO Drive. I would pay to see that. Right, right. But he he found he found the uh, the video and actually contacted me, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> He's like, you can't post that. He was. He, what's that? I was going to say, so outside of. Ted Bundy, I mean, how do you decide then? Because obviously, I mean, Ted Bundy is, there's tons of stuff to explore there. I mean, like I said at the start, you have, you know, like people's home videos of, of the lake party in. Right. Stuff that Alaska, I've never seen like anywhere Saudi. else. Yeah. You know, that getting to that level of like random detail and like, you know, hey, if you guys watch this, you know, 15 minutes of silent video and you see Ted Bundy and you point it out, like. It is pretty ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> but but outside of that, because Ted Bundy was so prolific and, you know, he was all over the country, really, um, from the Pacific Northwest to Utah and Colorado and God knows where else in the Midwest and, and then down in, in Florida. Florida. Right. Uh, how do you how do you decide? Okay, I'm I'm done with you know pursuing Ted Bundy in a hardcore fashion. Uh, I'll still kind of pursue some things as they pan out, but I want to look at something else now. I'm gonna choose to look at uh, this other really sick and messed up individual, and I'm gonna spend my time you know exploring the truths of this sadistic human. Right, right. The, the let's let's get let's get some quality information on on this guy. Yeah, no, this this uh, 
So how does that decision process work for you? How are you deciding, okay, I'm going to go after information on this guy? Well, yeah, I know. Good question. And and the way you described it perfectly, you know, I've gotten to this point and it kind of panned out this way. That's exactly what happened. I just kind of, I think, you know, I just got kind of burned out on the Ted thing. Uh, I was actually burned out on it quite a while before that, but we were doing so much research for that book uh, that I, I just, I ended up with just ridiculous amounts of contacts. So I started just continuing to call people and uh, get interesting interviews with people. And, you know, of course that leads you down another road and you start, you know, you're researching down at the archives again. Uh, so it snowballs, but I think, um, I think I just got pretty burned out on it and having moved to, uh, to Las Vegas, it's a, this is a pretty interesting true crime community down here too. Yeah. I mean, they have the, they have a couple of museums dedicated to that crap down there, don't they? They have mobsters. Yeah. Well, and that was yep. going to be my next question. Like is, is the deal in Vegas, instead of looking at messed up serial killers, let's look at the mob's influence and, and dig into the mob or, or is that scary because they probably <laughs> will have heavily influencing down there in ways that, that are very, uh, hush hush. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> so funny. Uh, we, we talk about that all the time there. Um, well, you know, first of all, I, I don't know if I'm really what you'd call a serial killer guy, but I'm fascinated with, with true crimes like the mechanics of police work and the way, you know, the way criminals operate. And the more interesting the criminal, you know, obviously the more fascinating the case, the more intelligent. Um, but I think coming down here, you know, the mobster thing is pretty obvious because uh, this town was pretty much built on built by mobsters you know it was built by money uh money they got from teamster pension loans and um a lot of back east guys but it's funny i i interviewed a guy in september who was part of tony the ansipolatro's crew down here and so you guys have probably seen casino right Mm -hmm. oh yeah sure um, so that that's a true story. There's a lot of true stuff in that. Um, the guy that, uh, Joe Pesci, his character was based on this, this guy named Tony Spilatro. Um, and then the guy who played De Niro's character was based on a real guy named Frank Rosenthal. And they really were kind of overseeing the skim of money that was being sent. Uh, up north through Chicago by what's called the Chicago Outfit. It's basically the Chicago Mob, but they call themselves an outfit. And they still do. They're still around, but um, it was funny. I interviewed this guy who was part of Tony Spilatro's Hole in the Wall crew. These guys would, would it, they were definitely mobbed up, and they worked for Tony, but they would go around and break into houses, and what they would do is uh, they would get information like if you put out an insurance settlement or a claim on a million dollars worth of jewelry that you had and you were keeping it in this safe ground, uh, they, they would get that information from a crooked insurance salesman. And they come would rob even, you? Yeah. And then they'd come rob you. And what they would do is they would bang a hole through the wall of your house to avoid any kind of alarm system and just crawl through it and walk out the front door. 
<laughs> wow. Be slick. I mean, that's a pretty good way to do it if you think about it, because all <laughs> the alarm systems are tied to the door and window sills. They have nothing to do with your actual walls. Yeah. Well, especially in the 40s and 50s. Yeah. Even today. That's still how they are today. Like, that's an ingenious way to rob a place uh-huh. is yeah. break down a wall in the back. <laughs> pretty pretty funny. They Because... Um, uh, one of those guys, the guy that ran that crew for Spilatro is actually still alive, and he, so he's a mobster. Uh, his name is Frank Culotta, and uh, he actually gives tours down here. <laughs> <laughs> I need to meet this guy. He's so cool. I'm putting together a video on him right now as we speak. Um, it was really funny. He uh, Anyway, the, what's funny about your question is, is like every once in a while I'll get an anonymous not anonymous, but I'll get a text from Frank, and it'll say something like, so uh, how's that video coming there? <laughs> 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 and it's you'll, you'll see the text, and you'll kind of go, oh, shit, this guy's, oh, my God, it's Kulatis. <laughs> <laughs> He's paying attention. <laughs> uh, so it was fun, but there's a, there's a lot of crazy stuff, you know, that has happened in this town, but, um, yeah, I could go on and on. Have you been to that? Uh, isn't there a CSI museum there in Las Vegas? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know there's like the stupid like CSI experience thing at the MGM Grand, but I want to say there is like a CSI museum somewhere down there, um, or maybe it's just the Mob Museum. I don't know, but I cold called um, um, one of those guys from that TV show once. Um, the redhead. The red-haired guy with the glasses. <laughs> David. Awesome. Oh, yes. What's not Coveney. He's from that old show, but um, you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah, the one that takes off his glasses. The one that Jim Carrey was making fun of a lot. Yeah, uh, David Phillips. No, no. His name? no, that was the that's one of the characters. No, his uh, name, when you hear David Caruso. Yeah, yeah Caruso. This. <laughs> Why would you do you just cold call celebrities randomly for fun? Is that or was she like like in a roundabout way tied to like Gary Gilmore or someone? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. I, I spoke with um Robert Pine um a few months ago. I cold I cold call celebrities that I think are interesting and um, <laughs> people that I think will actually talk to me, you know. Um but I, I cold called Robert Pine. He was uh, Sergeant Cotrer on chips. Oh yeah, that's funny. That's awesome. What's the what's the like most prominent celebrity? Because you're telling me of a a dude that is like a C list celebrity or maybe even just now is, is is old. But what's that's like? A, yeah, but he's he's old now, right? Like, so he's not in anything really. But like, right. have you called like a like a Robert Downey Jr. sort of level of, of celebrity? No, but I like the chan- I like the challenge though. <laughs> so who's like the who's like the most like uh I guess like iconic or like current uh star star power celebrity like is it is it like um Steve Harvey who's host, you know host of Family Feud and <laughs> It has to be relevant to like the area like obviously mobsters like who would you call that was mobster well, related maybe, but maybe he just wants to maybe, maybe he like, just wants I to really talk to somebody that Chris Evans is a interesting dude I'm going to call him You're in Vegas call Mike Tyson 
Yeah, yeah, my dude. <laughs> Call Zach Baggins. Oh, Zach Baggins. There's a funny, there's an interesting Bundy related thing that's pretty juicy that I could talk about. Ugh. That guy, he's God. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we feel the same. Um, just really quick on the Ted Bundy just because I think it's very important to note, um, besides all of the research that you've done, can you talk a little bit about all of the memorials that you have helped um, create for the victims? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, we did a memorial. So, I mean, the the one memorial that we've done was the Lynette Culver Memorial Bench. And it was pretty pretty cool we got to know we got to know the family pretty well and um one of the things about getting to know some of these these family mem- members of some of these victims of Ted Bundy you know it's pretty scary when you first talk to people because you really gotta put them at ease you know what does this person do are they trying to exploit my whatever my loved one that was assaulted and murdered 40 years ago and um so we got to know the Culver family fairly well um, and we create my wife, actually, she created a, well, I should back up. We, I did a video on Lynette Culver maybe two years ago and I spoke with, um, a few different policemen. I just did a ton of research on the case and we ended up, this is crazy. We ended up going up to Pocatello, Idaho, where this all happened and, Lynette's sister, who is a sweetheart, by the way, I love her to death, Nancy, she invited us over to her house. And picture this. She says, yeah, I I still have all of Lynette's things. I still have my little sister's things, all the stuff she had when she disappeared. Wow. And so she tells us that and we're, we got this whole box of photos and we're scanning, taking pictures and, you know, I'm scanning photos and, collecting them but at some point at some point in the evening I asked her I said what are the chances of taking a look at some of this stuff and she me and her son we actually climbed up and into the ceiling of her garage and pulled all these boxes down there's like five or six of them and she was 12 years old when she disappeared and was you know she was killed by Ted although some people you know think that that's you know, that's uh, that could be dubious. Some people don't believe that it was Ted, even though he confessed to it. Um, but uh, we pulled out these boxes and she was a 12, uh, 12 year old that disappeared from Alameda Junior High. And uh, all the stuff that was in her bedroom when she was murdered, the family just stuck all the stuff in boxes. Right. And stuffed it in the attic of their house. And then when the sister was old enough she took it and put it in her attic. And so we took all this stuff that was in her boxes and laid it all out of the living room floor. I mean, we're talking about homework that she had done the night before. Um, Pencils that said Alameda junior high on them that were sharpened. She had used them. Um, Perfume, her toys, you know, just all the crap that uh, young girls have. Um, it, it was pretty crazy, like her just personal, very personal things. Um, but at one point, uh, my wife struck up the conversation about, hey, where's, you know, is there any sort of memorial 
uh, or is there, do you have some sort of a, a tombstone kind of thing where someone can go? And the answer was no. And from that point, it just kind of, it kind of snowballed. My, my wife kind of took over on it, although I was involved in it quite a bit. But we ended up doing a GoFundMe and raised, I think it was $3,300. Um, that took us almost a year. And then the family, you know, all with the family's permission and their best wishes. And then the family, when it was completed, uh, they did an unveiling this past July 31st. And uh, we videoed it. And I, I have a I put a video together on that uh, on the Captain Borax channel if you're interested. That's right. Um, so that's the that's the only actual memorial that we've done like a but physical it, memorial. It's one more than there wasn't. So Yeah, no, it's very interesting. And we've certainly, you know, I've tried to, you know, do memorials, I guess, in a sense, with some of these videos. Um I'm actually gonna uh I'm kinda happy I through another contact, uh someone on Facebook who's helping me out, she led me to one of Laura Amy's um, family members, and I'm actually going to speak with them tomorrow evening. So that could open up a whole nother thing, a whole nother ball of wax. And then uh, I've done quite a bit of work with the the Wilcox family too, from Nancy Wilcox. So interesting. Well, what's uh, what's next for you? What's uh, what's the newest, biggest thing for you? Besides, uh, besides teaching, I know it's uh... <laughs> teaching sucks, man. No. <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know. Who knows? I'm all, I, I'm doing lots of things. Um, there's a I'm uh, working on a monstrous video with that Kulata character, a mob video. <laughs> That'll be good. That'll be good. <laughs> I'm in for that one. Yeah, so, yeah. I know you left Utah, um, but. Uh, we're we're kind of curious. Um, we want to know from you. We, we've asked kind of the same question of our guests for a long time, and we've decided this year to to change it up a little bit. Um, you've recently left Utah, but um, what what's one of the things in Utah that um, you, you wish you could have taken? With yeah, you. you wish you could have taken with you that you you couldn't Ooh. kind of bear to leave back. Oh man, that's a that's a good question. Um, yeah, you know, just a piece of Salt Lake or a piece of Utah in general, or yeah, Utah, either or Salt Lake, whichever. Wow. Um, no, that's uh, you know, there's parts of there's parts of Utah. I like some of the the crappy parts of Rose Park there. <laughs> As you go, you go down fourth uh, fourth south if you follow that, or second south. I'm sorry, if you follow that all the way down underneath the, the freeway there, there's some wonderful old trashy old businesses that I wish they would open some of that around here. It's like old 1940s buildings, you know, with the neon signs that are falling apart. Um, good question. I, I, I certainly miss my friends. Um, uh, but, you know, not much. I, I have to say I don't really miss Utah that much. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But Having said that, there's some wonderful people there, but also don't forget, I'm not from Utah, so that's fair enough. I don't have an emotional uh, tie with Utah. 
I guess. I mean, I don't know. You've done so much Ted Bundy research. You probably have some emotional ties here at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm kidding. No, I have some wonderful <laughs> Uh Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've got some, I've, there's some holes in the desert out in the West Desert here. I left here. But... Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Susan Powell's probably in one of them, so. Oh, too soon. <laughs> oh, yeah. People are touchy. People are touchy about that one. Well, Not me. Until they find the body, they're going to continue to be touchy about that one. So well, they're never they're never going to. Are you find guys it. doing um? Are you guys doing a, a podcast on something related to Ted with this, this stuff? I mean, like, uh, I mean, are you doing something specific for the Utah? Uh, no, just this, just the Utah, just our normal podcast. Um, we already did Ted Bunny, and we actually we did Susan Powell a while back too. Uh, so yeah. we might talk to Dave Callie again. I don't know. Have you listened to his podcast? Cold, is it the Cold Cast? Cold podcast. The Cold Podcast. I haven't. Is he a Salt Lake guy? Yeah, he's he's actually a journalist for KSL. You guys would get along well, I feel. Yeah, and so yeah. the kind of stuff you've done with Ted Bundy, he's done. Dave Colley has done with the Susan Powell case. So he basically presented this idea to KSL, like, hey, we can't do any kind of long form journalism in radio or TV anymore. It just doesn't exist, but podcast medium is the perfect place to do this i want sure. to do a podcast on the susan powell murders uh and and everything that's happened since then and he did i don't know thousands of hours of of research and digging and trips to uh to the pacific northwest and talking to everyone and their dog involved and produced this amazing long series podcast uh called the cold podcast which is um, well, it was so popular that he did like an after event at the Eccles Theater, and um, oh wow, yeah, with one of the investigators that he started working with that had worked on the project. So, and then he did like I think it's like three follow up episodes or something like that that he just recently did. So it was, and I think he's he's doing more. He has plans to do them on a lot of cold cases here in Utah where he. He goes in and does the grammar requests and all those things and and goes out and interviews people similar to what you've done, but then does a whole podcast just uh, with a different name, I think, even. And I'm not sure how he's going to do it, but I think that was his original plan. Fascinating. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Who, who are, I'd be curious to, how do you spell his last name? I'll look him up. C-A-W-L-E-Y. Okay, okay. No, the the... The Powell case is absolutely mesmerizing. Um, I remember after it it happened, I I went right out there to see if I could, you know, and found the house that they lived in. I was just so fascinated. But um, has he has he spoken to just people involved? Yeah, he's spoken to um, the sister that's here, the one that's not crazy, and he has her parents. Yeah, um, detectives, all the detectives, everyone yeah. involved, basically. Yeah, he's he's talked to a ton of people and actually found out some additional information that the police didn't just because he was able to go do things that the police can't do. Well, he, he, he took, you know, from, from evidence and he was able to get some of like the hard drives and, and things like that. And then send them to, you know, exterior data recovery services that weren't police labs that uh, could do deep data recovery. And they've had some of those drives for years. Wow. Off of them, some of the encrypted drives and things like that. Some of the, yeah, I, re- I remember uh, Josh had 
they they found some they found a lot of like cartoon kitty porn on his computer, I think, something like that. Well, actually, one of the recent podcasts is about that and that it actually might not have been either of theirs. Oh, OK. okay. Yep. It was just somebody else's. <laughs> yep. No, because they because they bought the computer from one of the computers from somebody else. So. Oh, OK. But he like encrypted everything and he kept like receipts and stuff for everything. And he made Susan like scan them all in. And a lot of those drives are just full of like receipts and thing, weird things. Just household things. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that, well, dude was, that dude was weird. Yeah. You have to be messed up to kill your wife. Yes, he killed his wife. I'm sorry, people, if you don't believe that. You're <laughs> and then kill your sons. And then kill both of your kids. And his yeah. mother and his dad are just as freaking messed up. So. Oh, no, his youngest sister. His oldest sister is the only one that's normal. There's a, yeah, no, he didn't, he didn't kill him, man. He was just going camping in the middle of the night in December. You know that. In December. Yeah, that's the, December in the West Desert of Utah. In the middle of a snowstorm. That's the best yeah, you do. Camping, man. You can't get your kids out any other time. You're toddlers. <laughs> You're young boys. <laughs> yeah, I remember when that came out. I, I That would just sound, it was so ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, so. You know, obviously, the police didn't buy it either. No. So how can people find your stuff, Chris? Oh, um, well, absolutely. Um, if you go to YouTube, um, my YouTube channel is called Captain Borax. Uh, I believe, let me double check, make sure I didn't change it, because I changed something recently. Make sure that I'm giving you the correct information. Captain Borax is my handle, but where is this? Let's see. Let me double check on something. You can also find me on Facebook. Um, yeah, Captain Borax is my YouTube channel. I had it named uh, Captain Borax True Crime Tours and more for a while, but I've just switched that to just Captain Borax. But also Captain Borax uh, True Crime Research on Facebook. Um, and yeah, those are the big ones that that I play around with. But I'm always doing things. There's Tons of new things coming up. I'm going to be doing some deep digging on the Ramirez case. Um, so uh, Dean Coral in Pasadena, Texas is a case that I'm really fascinated with right now. And I have a, I have a hookup on uh, the place where he, which is still there, uh, where he murdered several young men with his accomplices. Um, it, it's a long story, but I have some interesting hookups with that case and, uh, just several different things, uh, going on. So I'm always rocking and rolling. Also, I, I finished a Ted Bundy book. Um, I've completed a book with all the, with mainly based around all these interviews with different people I've done. Um, and it's a monster. Is it, is it published now then? It's not. It's just kind of in that that um, post writing phase. You know what I mean, where you're just going back and and moving a lot of things around, and you know, spell checking, just you know, a lot of editing, <laughs> editorial stuff. But uh, uh, do you have a title yet for it? Uh, and that's another thing. I don't quite have a title. The working title is going to be Ted Bundy: The Interviews. Um, but I'm I'm not. I don't like that title very much. So that's kind of. <laughs> Let let us know and we'll we'll certainly throw it up for you. Uh, to all our folks. So. Oh, you guys are the best. Yeah, absolutely. 
Thanks for your time, Chris. It's been a, a pleasure talking with you. That's going to do it for the night. Uh, thanks to Chris Mortensen uh, or uh, Mortensen, if you say it correctly. But he said Mortensen, so he totally <laughs> is a Utah guy. Um, uh, for talking with us, that was that was an interesting conversation. Um, I I guess that's how you don't become a serial killer is you just like learn a lot about serial <laughs> killers and that it scratches the itch. Um, I'm not calling you a serial killer, Chris, but um, I'm just saying. You know, when in Rome. <laughs> uh, if you liked what you heard, uh, great. Uh, share the episode. Leave us a review uh, wherever you hear the episode. Uh, if you didn't like it, great. Go ahead and share the episode. Leave us a review uh, wherever. Um, if you have comments uh, specifically about some of the format changes that we're going to be making over the next uh, few months, uh, if you like them, you hate them, let us know. Uh, we'd love to, to hear that feedback. Um, you can do that on Twitter and, uh, Instagram. Um, Instagram is a really weird place to like have a conversation with someone. Uh, but our handles at TNU podcast on those, the new Utah podcast on Facebook, which is probably the best place to message us and have like a real conversation. You can message on Instagram. It's weird. Instagram's it's weird for messaging. Uh, Twitter is really good for that. If you have something that you want us to share for you, uh, as long as it's not shitty and racist, um, then we're totally open to it. Uh, and you can just let us know and we retweet tons of crap. Um, uh, and our website, thenewutah.com has tons of really cool content. Um, it's not just, um, recaps of the episodes, though those exist. Uh, there's also a ton of special write-ups that that Jess in particular does about, um, you know, the one things that are, 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 uh, you know, are stale and stolen things. Um, <laughs> those are all out there on the our website, bread. uh, our, our German bread, uh, if you will. I know we need to know what the word for bread is in German. Um, it's pan in Spanish. Bread. This is like a hard bread sound. I don't know. Bread. <laughs> also, I know that it's going to be going out of theaters right now. Speaking of Germany, but everybody needs to go see Jojo Rabbit. That's my Jojo Rabbit. Okay. So, uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we will, uh, chat with you Did all. Did you just next say week. tuning in? Yeah, they tuned in to our. They did not tune. No you one tuned. I tuned. No. I tooted. <laughs> yes. That's not probably. true. I did not do that. I did not do that. Thank you, everyone. 